All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the third time I'm trying to do this episode, but I'm having some issues. So aside from technical difficulties, I'm going to try to make this one kind of fast until I can put the actual episode up that I made. Um, anyway, it's December 24th at 12.23 in the morning. I'm not tired because I drank a little too much soda, you know, but I'm here to give you a joyous occasion of the life of Jesus, basically his birth. So before we start, I want to say that I thank everybody for supporting this channel. Um, for supporting the podcast, for listening. It means a lot to me. Um, I know that I don't have a huge group of viewers, but I do see the numbers um, rising, and I'm very happy to see more listeners and more people taking advantage of these um, recordings. So, I'm going to start it off by, you know, just explaining a very quick thing is, the whole purpose of this was to bring people closer to God. Not for any other reason, but to have a relationship with him. Um, I got ordained as a minister um, when I was a kid. I um, used to go to Catholic church with my grandfather either every Saturday or Sunday. And, um, as, uh, the time went when we were, I, I mean, I was raised Catholic, but, um, I'm not a Catholic. Uh, I never did any of the first communions or anything like that. I, um, but my mom used to tell me when I was a kid, when I got first got saved, I used to preach all the time. And... Today, it's I have way too much anxiety to be in front of a group of people to do it, but the reason why I bring it up to you guys is, you know, um, you know, when I got older, I went to college, um, I got a bachelor's in psychology, and I did take for some religious courses. Um, after working for a bit of time, I didn't really match the field because the field was different than, 
you know, what I was picturing. So at the end of the day, um, I was working at a job that I hated, you know, um, I had a lot of anxiety at the job. I was going through many panic attacks and I started going to a, a church to try to get some help and everything. And the pastor has always been brought into my life. And I, and I see that as a direct sign from God. You know, I remember when I was first in high school, I met this kid named Seth and me and him became really good friends. And I used to go with him to church and he used to go to that guy's church. Um, it was in the back of a, another church called Grace Fellowship. His church was like in the back of it. So we'd basically, you know, walk up and go into that one. It was a Baptist church. And he would preach, and he'd get wild, and his, the way he would talk about things, he, it had like a comedy to it, but it also drew you in. You liked to listen to his message. You liked to feel, you know, the spirit that he had. Well, Seth ended up moving, and then after that, he kind of stopped going to church, and it wasn't. You know, it, it's, at that time, it was kind of like a thing with my parents because they didn't really go to church or they went to a church that I didn't like. Um, I'm not very big with those big commercialized churches either. The ones that, you know, They just seem like a like a mega church almost, but they're not. They're just like right under it. I'm not really big with those, but um, the one I went to with Seth was a traditional, like old fashioned style one. And I remember this one time he took us on a field trip to go see a hockey game. Um. Yeah, you know, it was it was a fun time. And then I stopped after um, Seth stopped uh, when I uh, after Seth moved, I stopped going and he brought my grandfather passed away. And when my grandfather passed away, my my grandmother ended up getting a flat tire. So my uncle, or my uncle Ray, my grandfather's brother, he was my great uncle, but he ended up coming over to help and he ended up taking me with him. We stopped at this tire place and Pastor Larry was there. He came right up to me. I haven't seen you in church for some time. Like, yeah, he's like, well, we got a new church now. You know, he said, uh, we had to move out of that little place. We got a new church, you know, here's the card. He gave me his card, and 
you know, started going to that church for a little bit, and then my parents stopped going, and then I kind of stopped, and I mean, it's not an excuse, but, you know, basically, it's just how it worked, but he always brought him back to my life, and I remember I was in my car having a panic attack, and I ended up opening my wallet to see, I forget, I think I was checking to see how much money I had, but then next thing you know, the Pastor Larry's card was there, and so I pulled it out, I looked him up online, and I ended up sending them an email. Literally got a message back to them like an hour later. And I started going again. I made it a regular routine. From there, you know, I he would sit down and he would take time for me. If I needed anything, I could call him. He'd stop by my house and talk to me. If I was having a panic attack or anything. Great, great guy. And basically where I'm going with that is... um, There's not enough people that really look into churches and listen to the word of God. A lot of people now, they read the Bible and they think they know more than the people that devoted their life to it. And now I'm going to tell you the story. So, Mary ended up getting betrothed to Joseph. You know, Joseph, you know, he's like, I really like Mary. I want to marry her. You know, he got the blessing for it. So, it's like, all right. Let's do this, you know. So, but Mary ended up going to one of her relatives. And when, uh, on her way there, she saw a angel, which basically told, um, told her, God wants you to carry his child. Mary's like, I haven't been with a guy ever. I'm a virgin. And he's like, anything with God is possible. And he, uh, she accepted and got pregnant. When she uh, came back, um, Joseph was mad because he thought they, she slept with some other guy. And she's like, no, no, no. It's God's child. Well, they ended up making a census, and if anybody started talking, then um, Mary could have been killed at that time for committing adultery. So they ended up, during the census, they had to go back to Bethlehem, where Joseph was from. As they're going to Bethlehem, that was when King Herod, he was uh, very, I guess you could say, bad person. 
Um, he was a king, and as all the uh, the planets aligned, created the Star of Bethlehem, and the wise men started going out that way. So when King Herod heard about this, you know, during the census, he wanted to have all the children killed, you know, anything, I believe it was any child two or under. And you get, you can read it almost, almost like the same story in Exodus, where Moses had the same thing where all the kids were supposed to be, you know, killed, but um, Moses made it out alive. Well, Jesus ended up being snuck away to Egypt, and that's how Jesus was born. And that's where we have Christmas, even though it's not the true day or anything like that but it's the, the point is is that we celebrate it for God we celebrate for Jesus or Yeshua not for the material aspect of anything a lot of people will probably ask what do I mean by that well Christmas has become a, a tradition of I want an iPad or a new PS5. I want the new iPhone or, you know, a new car. I want this. I want that, you know. And it's getting to the point where it's just, they took God out of it. I mean, you, people are more happy seeing Santa is coming to town than the spirit of Jesus is coming. Doesn't it sound so much better? The spirit of Jesus is coming. It's the season of giving, the season of love. It's the season that we're supposed to be united together. And it's not what people see anymore. In 1 Corinthians 16, 14, they state, Let all that you do be done in love. What has God ever done to put himself above everybody else? You think about it. The, he asked to be worshipped, you know, to be loved, that he people, his people accept him. Is that so much to ask? He gave you life, he gave you a planet, he gave you food, he gave you knowledge, wisdom, he gave you the prophets, he gave you everything you guys need, but we all start sinning. God has done everything in love. Today there was a person that started preaching about numbers, saying, oh, well, God likes to do sinful things. Okay. In the book of Numbers, the verse that he was quoting, saying, kill all the children and kill all the women. I don't, I basically kill everybody in this thing. What he failed to represent, he took one quote of the Bible and tried to use it for his argument. The full thing of that whole book 
was that a group of people ended up making Israelites, basically a certain person was making Israelites turn away from their faith, be unfaithful and be sinful. So he had Moses and his army basically go in there and kill everybody but any woman that was there that was a virgin that never was with a guy could survive. He even went as far as saying anybody who does kill has has to be out of the camp for seven days. And then you have to repurify yourself and then come back in. So when you think about it, God was basically protecting his people. He was saying, we're not going to have any more sinful people in here. We're wiping them out. Then we're going to take all the, the innocent people, the just people, and we're going to invite them in. And then anybody who actually killed somebody, you guys need to stay out of there, out, out of the camp for seven days, repurify yourself, and come back in. So even after God gave the order, he said you need to purify yourself. You know? God doesn't decree evil things. He does things in the service of love. Because he wants to protect his people. And that's who he was protecting in the book of Numbers, was the Israelites. So, to go from there, you know... He done he's done so much to show his love for people. And if people can't get that, then they're not reading the actual Bible. And everybody's gonna interpret it a different way. That's fine. But the actual the actuality of it is that God loves everybody. He wants everybody to be saved. You know? If there's an elect few people that are going to be saved, then how do you know you're part of the elect? John 13, uh, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's even more than anything. I see the body of Christ, the, the, the people, you know, on Twitter, always arguing with each other. People that have arrogant prides and have to be right about everything. Versus other people that have a different belief system that just, you know... I'll be honest, I'm, there's a couple of people that I've talked to that are Mormon, and I'm not a Mormon person, but they have to be some of the nicest people I've ever met. Even though their argument with me was, you know, that I, I was wrong on something I said about more, uh, the Mormon faith, 
you know, they went alongside to explain what they believed to me, and they, they didn't say any harsh words or anything about it. But then you have some Christian people that will literally curse at you, swear at you. It's not what Jesus said. He said, you are all to love one another. We need to be the body of Christ and not be divided. If anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. 1 John 4, verse 8. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Romans 12, verse 12. How many of you are actually constant in your prayers? How many of you pray every day, read your Bible? Or how many of you actually do it, just or say it, just to hold up a mantle in front of people? How many of you go into arrogant prides and just want to be right about the Bible constantly, even though... It's pointless to argue about it when we can just, you know, be civil to one another. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. I give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29:11 You know, and this is one of my favorites, Isaiah 40:31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How many of you have you know Ask for God's shield, his protection. You know? I don't think a lot of people actually do that anymore. I remember my sister got diagnosed with COVID. And the nurse at the CDC ended up saying, Okay, since she has COVID, everybody in the household has to stay at home. Well... That meant my father as well. So my father had to stay home as well, even though he didn't get checked. But my father had no symptoms at all. So for two weeks, you know, they were quarantined. My sister, not really quarantining herself and being around the family as much as she could. And... Not one person in my family got it. God will protect you if you ask him. He will shield you if you need it. It's happened to me many times where he has actually helped me. Matthew 21, verse 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Faith is such a big thing in your life. 
and it will always be. For those of people who cannot, you know, believe what they cannot see, just like doubting Thomas, Jesus appeared before him and showed him his hands. It says, Blessed be those who have not seen and still believe. Because he had to see to believe. It's such a big thing. Because... People don't believe in faith. But... The Bible is literally filled with things to explain to you. Train up a child in the way you should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, verse 6. You train a child to uh, in Christmas to believe in Santa Claus instead of God and the spirit of Jesus and what's going to happen. They're not going to depart from that. They're going to do the same thing with their kid. That's the biggest issue here, is that people don't want to... I've seen enough people say that I'm not going to bother with faith with my child. He's not going to know God unless he wants to. I'm not going to force it on him. That's good. You don't have to force it on him, but you should at least introduce him to it as a, as a child. They need to have that foundation. Without that foundation... The ways of the world are going to corrupt their minds. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now what kind of present is that for Christmas? To have God literally give up his Son Watch his son be butchered, tortured, spit on, crown of thorns on your head, bleeding everywhere, cries out in agony, and did all of that to bear all the sins that we have. And when he dies, becomes resurrected, again, and ascends to heaven so that we all can ascend with him at some point in our life if we follow his direction. At this point, we're going to call it a night. I want to wish everybody a safe and happy Christmas. I'm going to put this out early because Christmas, busy time. I want everybody to, I want to thank you all for supporting the channel. If anybody here wants to get saved, I'm going to have the uh, sinner's prayer um, linked in the description. You recite it and you'll be written into the book of life. Aside from that, I hope you all have a safe and Merry Christmas. And please do it in the spirit of Christ and not 
in the spirit of Santa. Thank you for everything.